Good morning, good morning. How are we doing today? Yeah, give a big old round of applause. Awesome. I want to start today by introducing myself. I am Pastor Jared Pollard, and I want to clear the air just real quick. Are we ready for this? So I did not know that this was an issue until it was probably about a month ago or so. My wife got confused because I wasn't in the room, but she thought I was in the room. So this is Brandon. <laughs> take, your, take your mask off. All right, this is Brandon, and I'm Jared, okay? So... He's a little bit taller and better looking than I am, but just so you can see the difference, everybody look, black beard, red beard, okay? That's the, that's the best way to tell the difference. All right, give Brandon a big old round of applause. All right, just wanted to clear the air. Obviously, our wives have similar taste in clothes, so, but just to, just to clear the air, just there at the beginning. Now, aren't we thankful for our amazing worship leaders, our amazing worship team? It has been, I just, just want to say, yeah, you can get excited. I just want to say that these past few weeks, I feel like we as a church have achieved a rhythm, and it's been really hard to get into a rhythm. And uh, Joel Stockstill, one of the people that we like to listen to, he says, rhythm plus time equals influence. Yes. Rhythm plus time equals influence. And so that's what we're continuing to do. We've got a rhythm. And now God is giving us time to let that rhythm start to impact things. So um, I'm going to pick on our senior pastor just for a moment. Are we ready? ready. Everybody point at the senior pastor. That's right. It's the only time you ever get to point at him, okay? That's it. No more, no more picking on him, nothing. But I'm going to pick on him here for just a second. So this morning, first song, he is clapping and he has got a beat. But what happened was that the time that our drummer was presenting was not necessarily the same time as our senior pastor was presenting. But what happened was over time, the rhythm that our drummer was giving influenced our pastor's time until he was on time. Oh, yeah. All right, that's what I'm talking about. It seems like a cheesy example, but what happens with a lot of us is we try to have our own rhythm. We try to do things by ourselves. And you know, who has ever heard this saying, wow, they just, they walk to the beat of their own drum? Has anybody ever heard that? Okay. Does anybody know somebody like that? Is anybody that person? Oh, there's a couple of proud people. Okay, so I, w- I, won't pick on, I won't pick on one of the people that just raised their hand. Okay, so, uh, but there's this idea of individuality and moving forward. And the reality is, is individuality is not a very biblical con- concept, There are very few passages of scripture that speak to one individual. In English, it says you, but what they're actually saying in the original language is is you all. I love it when Pastor Ben tries to say y'all with his Northwest accent. It doesn't quite work. Um, And then he tries to say yuns, but it comes out youans. But, you know, it's it's that concept of individuality. I want to help maybe break that down a little bit this morning. Is that okay with you guys? Everybody say yes. Is everybody shaking their head? I don't know if I'm catching the glare off the top of my head or what's going on, but I can't, can't see everybody shaking their head. So to start off today, we're going to use a saying, and it should be up on the screen. Everybody say this with me. Say, you will grow better, you grow better. When, you grow when you grow together. Let's say that again. Say, you will grow better, you will grow better. When, you grow when you grow together. This is the very first day of the More Jesus Bible Plan reading. So... I'm the one who found the More Jesus Bible plan reading for our church. And I remember reading that first day, and I do everything on private all the time on the Bible app. 
I don't want people, I don't know why, it's just part of my personality. I didn't want people to see what I was reading, what I was studying. I just kept it private. Who else likes to keep things private? Yeah, okay, pretty much everybody. So there, there's this idea of I wanted to be private. Well, the first day literally says, if you started this plan on private, stop it and begin again with friends. And then it says this saying, repeat after me, say, you will grow better, you will grow better. when you grow together. It took me a whole week to respond to that first day before I shared it with our senior pastor. It took him all of an hour to feel the conviction. So he was a little bit more inspired than I was by that first devotion. But what it's led to is an amazing opportunity for us as a church, a good number of us, to go through Scripture together. Who is in Exodus? Got a good number of people in Exodus? Okay. There's some weird stuff in Exodus, right? Aaron's like, oh, the golden calf just appeared out of the fire. It came out on its own. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens when we do things like this together. So before we get going any farther, I want to talk about trees. Who loves trees? Anybody? What's your favorite part of trees? Somebody. Fruit? Okay. Shade, okay. Climbing. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Climbing is one of my favorite things. I haven't climbed a tree in a while, but I have a very vivid memory. And if you see Pastor Crystal later, you can ask her about this. Uh, When I was a youth intern, we took our kids to Windermere like we normally do for camp. And I grew up in that area, and so we took the kids to Hahatanka. Who's been to Hahatanka? It's beautiful, right? It's amazing. It's all paved. It's great. So we're at Hahatanka, and we're at the uh, Natural Bridge, which is part of the park there. And I see this big vine And it's like my childhood kicked in. There was no thought process, nothing. It was like my body took control of itself. And I just climbed up a vine. And I got up about 20 feet, and I thought it was cool, and the youth thought it was cool. They were cheering for me. And then I saw Pastor Krista's face, and it was not happy. Um, She was not happy. Pastor John was laughing. Pastor Krista was not. And so, um, but that's one of my favorite things to do with trees. I love to climb them. Okay, what's a couple other things? We got climb, we got fruit, we got shade. What else? Color, flowers, okay, that's really cool. So trees are awesome. I think there's a mutually admired tree. Who has ever seen the sequoias? Big old redwood trees, anybody? I've never seen them. I would love to see them in person one day. Um, But even just looking at pictures and reading about them, these trees are amazing. I do drive a Toyota sequoia. Does that that count? It's not the same thing, okay. All right, so these sequoias are amazing. These trees have the potential for a 3,000-year lifespan. Talk about a long time, okay? 3,000-year lifespan, base diameter potential of 35 feet, okay? If my math is correct and I remember, 35 is about from that wall, I think, to about here. That's a big tree. (laughs) That's a a huge tree. Okay, so 35... uh, feet of potential diameter, height potential of, 20, of a 27-story building, which is about 275 feet, which, again, if I remember right, our ceiling to the insulation is about 26 feet. So imagine 10 times taller than this ceiling. That's the height potential of a sequoia tree, okay? That looks really funny on the live stream with me doing that with my head. Okay, <laughs> sorry, ADHD moment. All right, so There are some sequoias that they did not want to move to build roads, so they literally tunneled through them. 
I mean, that's amazing to me that these trees can be so big, can, can be so huge. You would think that one of the, I think it is the tallest tree in the world, would have the, deep, the deepest roots of any tree. Does anybody know how deep the roots of a sequoia tree goes? Who wants to venture a guess? They're all scared. Somebody said six feet. Did somebody Google that? Oh, okay, she knows. All right, so six to 12 feet is the average depth of a sequoia tree root. How on earth do, do the roots of a tree that only go six to 12 feet down grow to be 270 feet? I mean, that blows my mind. The same is true in the opposite of another tree, okay? This is called the shepherd's tree, which is found in the African Kalahari Desert. Its roots go down 230 feet, straight down. I mean, that's crazy. So imagine about nine times the height of this ceiling, eight times the height of the ceiling, only way underground. That's how deep its roots go. But it only grows to about 18 feet tall. That's as, that's as tall as it gets, okay? So it, it kind of breaks the imagery of, oh, well, big tree, deep roots. So what makes a sequoia stand? Does anybody know? We might have some scholars in the room. I hear, I hear whispering. Huh? Intertwined. Oh, they're intertwined. Their roots grow towards each other. When a sequoia tree is planted and it starts to grow, it doesn't grow down, it grows out. And it intertwines with other sequoia trees that are by it. So the reason that these 270-foot trees can stand like they do is because they are dependent on the other trees around them. Does that not draw a beautiful picture of what the kingdom is supposed to be like? Yeah. I like trees. If I was going to be a tree, I would love to be a 270-foot tree. I mean, that, that just sounds amazing to me. Let's look at another tree. There's a couple more pictures. Let's see. These, this is not as pleasant of a tree. Should be uh, fallen down. Nope, not that one. Oh, there it is. Okay, so this tree, oh, you can see me halfway through the picture on the live stream because it's green. We use a green screen on the live stream, so you can see me floating behind that tree. Look it up on YouTube later. It'll be a good time. Um, so this is a tree that happened at the Lytle's yard, okay? This tree was about a 100-year-old oak tree. It had big roots, but not, not necessarily deep roots, and it was all by itself. The only thing that those roots tried to wrap around was an old clay sewage pipe that was underneath there. I remember looking at it because it looked really gross uh, when I went over there to look at it. And this tree, 100 years old, the last six feet of this thing's trunk weighed two tons, 4,000 pounds. And so a storm comes through, and it blows, and this tree is old, it's established. And that tree gets ripped out of the ground. I mean, look at that thing. That thing is huge. Is there's, a, there's a couple more pictures. There's a person, uh, yeah, she's about 5'4", uh, 5'6". Five, five, so, I mean, that's, that's huge as far as the roots go. And there's not a picture. You can kind of see the clay pipe there on the edge. Um, but with those roots, it was about a six-foot deep hole underneath that tree. That You could bury somebody in that thing. And so um, it was just massive. And it fell on their house, and it caused a lot of damage. What if that tree had trees around it to support it? Close your eyes for just a moment. I think there are some people in this room right now that are a lot like the tree in the Lytle's yard. 
You're big, you're established, you've got healthy roots, but you're by yourself. And either a storm has come or maybe a storm is coming and you're afraid because if the storm hits, it's going to rip your roots out of the ground. I want to speak to you right now. Today is your opportunity to enter into community. Everybody repeat after me again. Are we ready for this? Say, you will grow better when you grow together. Say it one more time, and let's be a little bit more excited about it. Say, you will grow better when you grow together. All right. Today, we are going to do a relatively quick jump through the beginning of Acts, okay? When we think about church, a lot of us will immediately think, well, maybe we should be doing it like the first church. Has anybody ever had that thought process? Who loves reading the book of Acts? It's a good time. I mean, it's exciting to read the stuff that's going on in there, and I want to share some of that with you today, okay? So our vision for ALC moving forward is you will grow better when you grow together. Our method is home groups. If you're a home group leader, raise your hand for me. Okay? There's a bunch of home group leaders in here. We want to become a church of home groups, not a church with home groups. Yes. We want every person to be able to have connections close by that they can learn from each other, they can rely on each other. When a storm blows through, your roots won't get ripped up because there's somebody there next to you to support you. Who has had somebody like that in their life that has supported you through some difficult things? Can you imagine going through that circumstance without them? No. It would be awful. But there are people every day that are in that situation. They don't have somebody to support them. We're trying to counteract that. We're trying to, to move against that, and we're trying to use Scripture to teach us how to do that, okay? In Cuba, they have no problems with home groups. They have no issues. So as the, the pandemic has rolled through Cuba, they just immediately back into home churches. Immediately. And they are so good at it. It's amazing uh, what God has accomplished in Cuba and China through underground churches and through home groups. We have the privilege of still being able to gather together, but there's so much benefit if we can get ourselves into home groups. Have I sold you yet? I kind of feel like I've got my salesman hat on. It would cover maybe my head from blinding you guys if I had my salesman hat on. Okay, so we're going to talk about three things this morning that will help us grow better when we grow together. So the first thing is this. Everybody say community. I think, I don't know if you guys believe me yet. So let's try it one more time and let's uh, say it with belief, even if you don't believe it yet. So everybody say community. community. That was a little bit better. Okay, so in Acts chapter 1, in verse 2, and then we're going to skip and do verses 4 and 5, it says this Until the day when he was taken up, that's Jesus, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you, and it should have a parenthesis right there that says all, okay? So which he said, you all heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be, excuse me, you all will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Very simply, from the beginning, if we want to look for a good biblical model, Jesus is the place to look. So if you look right here at the beginning of Acts, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem and to stay together. You want to talk about a storm. These people that followed Jesus around for three years, they learned to depend on him, to need him. They left their livelihoods, their families, are now in a position where he's gone. You want to talk about a storm. They are experiencing that storm, and the words that Jesus says to them is, don't leave where you're at and stay together. Don't leave where you're at and stay together. Jesus wanted their roots, just like the sequoia trees, to stay interconnected. 
Community keeps you from being uprooted. And a lot of these people had testimonies of what Jesus had, you know, Jesus had visited several of them at this point after his death, and the things that Jesus had done for them before he was crucified and was resurrected. So they have these amazing testimonies to encourage each other with what Jesus had done. But what keeps us out of community? Anybody? Anybody have a guess? I got it. People don't trust people. Really simple. People don't trust people. That's human nature, okay? Even, I, I've met people that they're in a, you know, they could even be married, or they could have a brother, or they could have a best friend, but ultimately when it comes down to it, there is some level of distrust between them. People don't trust people. Jesus wants to flip that upside down. Trust them anyway. Are people going to hurt you? Everybody say yes. If you don't say yes, your expectations are wrong. People hurt each other's feelings. But just like any good relationship, you have to learn to forgive each other, to, to, to talk to one another and to forgive each other. So don't let fear keep you from taking part in community. Okay, so everybody say community one more time and say it really loud. So say community. community. That was a little bit better. And now everybody say encounters. encounters. Oh, you don't believe that one yet. Let's try that one again. Say encounters. If you look, and we're continuing on in Acts chapter 1, and Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive, you all will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you all. And you all will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The promise of the encounter with the Holy Spirit required them to stay together. Look at that. The promise of the Holy Spirit required them to stay together. There were around 120 of them by this point. I imagine there were some people that probably left. Do you think they regretted leaving? I think so. Do you think they had another opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit? I think so. I think they had the opportunity. But they didn't stay together, okay? But in Scripture, this specific group in general stayed together. In Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 12 through 15, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath or excuse me, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew. I mean, they're, they're specifically saying who all these people were. And all of these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among them, the brothers, the company of persons was in all about 120 people. So they were staying together. And then at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Everybody say that. Say, they were all together in one place. I'll say this again. I said this a few moments ago. Very rarely do you see in any of these passages the writer speaking specifically to one individual. It's always in the plural. And this is what, this, if you forget everything else that I say this morning, and I know I'm talking fast, but if you forget anything else that I say this morning, I want you to remember this. The greatest encounters with the Holy Spirit happen within the context of community. The greatest encounters of the Holy Spirit happen within the context of community. Think about your personal life. I mean, this morning could have been your moment, whether you're on the live stream, whether you're here in this room. The Holy Spirit was here today. Scripture says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. It was obvious that he was here. He was working in people's lives. He was healing. 
He was healing people on the live stream, over the phone lines. But without each other and the ability to see and speak into each other's lives, we would not have the level of encounter that the Bible promises that we can have. Are you stuck? I'm going to speak to you guys as individuals now, here in this room and on the live stream. Are you stuck in your encounters because you're unwilling to join in community? That's a real question. Are you stuck in your encounters because you're unwilling to join in community? I want to challenge you. It doesn't have to be that way. And actually, it can be a lot of fun. I love to eat. I love to eat with people. I have had some amazing conversations over meals. You know, the food just makes it better. And the Holy Spirit makes it really good at that point. Uh, because you're getting to encourage one another. And there's friendship that is bonded there. And there is support for when those storms come. You know, I preached a few weeks ago about worship and depression. I cannot imagine if we had continued to walk through our time of infertility without people. I cannot imagine that. And there are people that have tougher situations even than we did, and they're doing it alone. Don't be stuck because you're unwilling to join in community, okay? So I'm going to say it one more time. The greatest encounters with the Holy Spirit happen within the context of community, and encounters encourage growth. Everybody say that with me. Say, encounters encourage encourage growth. And this is the third one. Growth is the third one, okay? I've got a section of scripture. I'm not going to read all of this, so I'm, I'm going to paraphrase for you guys tonight, or this morning, excuse me. So we've got all of these people together. They're experiencing the Holy Spirit for the first time. Scripture describes it as if tongues of fire are coming out of the sky. Who's ever seen the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Anybody? Who's ever seen them live? It's pretty amazing with all the lasers and stuff like that. Imagine that by about, I imagine, 50 times, the tongues of flames falling out of the sky. And then all of these people begin speaking in different languages by the Spirit. And all of the people that are there that were devout Jews all of a sudden are able to understand the people that are speaking to them. Who has ever been to a foreign country or traveled abroad? You zero in real fast when you hear somebody speak in English, don't you? Like, really fast, okay? I've been stuck in customs before with, with nobody that speaks English, okay? It is not a good time when you're not very good with their language and they can't speak your language at all, or at least they're acting like they can't speak your language. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick. Um, but that's rough. So these people, you know, all of a sudden they're hearing their language and they're amazed. And a lot of them are moved by the words that are being spoken. They're being spoken about Jesus. But then there are devout men that are like, ain't no way that this is true and that these people are having this experience. They got to be drunk. They got to be wasted. And then uh, Paul gets up and he's like, well, not really. Or Excuse me, not Paul. He's not in this yet. Peter gets up and he says, there's no way it's only nine o'clock in the morning. There's no way that we're already wasted at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. All of this to illustrate Sometimes your encounters with God are going to look really weird to other people. <laughs> Has anybody ever had one of those encounters? Some of you guys are, I've not had one, and I don't want to have one. That's, what, that's the look that I'm getting from some of you guys. Okay, I've had some weird encounters with the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is I, I want to demystify it a little bit. Are some of those encounters weird? Yes, they are. Uh, are some of them kind of ugly on the outside? Yes, they are. But what happens is, for some reason, and this, this passage illustrates this so well, even though their encounter was strange as all get out, people were attracted to it. 
If it wasn't attractive to them, they wouldn't have said anything about it. But people are attracted to it. People knew that they were different, and people are going to know that we are different. And we want them to know that. We want them to know that we are different. They're going to be drawn to them. They're going to look at you as a tree. We'll stick with this illustration. And they're going to see the fruit. And it was said this morning, a good tree does not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree does not bear good fruit. People are going to be able to look at your life and be like, you know, and I've had this happen personally. That guy talks about some weird stuff that I know Scripture kind of talks about, but I've never experienced. But he also seems to be stable and not super crazy, maybe a little bit crazy, but not super crazy with how those things go. We all need to be willing to let our community encourage us into encounters. And those encounters are going to encourage us in growth. I said those people were attracted to what the people were saying. So much so that their 120 turned to 3,000 by the end of the day. Can you imagine that? Imagine an altar call in this building where people just start pouring in the doors, even though they're not in here, because there's that many people that have responded. Encounters, of course, encourage personal growth, but more than anything, it's meant to encourage church-wide growth, ministry growth. Not just church as in Abundant Life Church, but church as in the global church. It, it expands. And so I, I want to close with this this morning. I know I spoke really fast. Uh, I want to be respectful of time, but I also want you guys to understand just how simple this is. Community encourages encounters, and encounters encourage growth. I want you guys to close your eyes just for a moment. And I'm just going to ask some really simple questions, and I, I just want you, to, I want you to respond by raising your hand. How many of you guys want to personally grow? Yeah. Everybody raise their hand. I'm sure even people on the live stream, you guys are raising your hands at home right now. Everybody wants to personally grow. This is another question. How many of you guys want your growth to impact more people than just yourself? Everybody wants that. It's, it's a good system. I mean, you look at it and you're like, wow, that's really effective. What I want to challenge you with is that when you're in community and you have the ability to share with one another and to lean on one another, there is so much more potential in your personal testimony than you are giving it credit for. Not just for your personal growth and what it did for you, but what it can do for other people. I hope today's focus has been simple. And this is the path that we are really establishing for Abundant Life Church. We want to be a church of home groups, not a church with home groups. I'm not trying to impress you with a big sales pitch. What I'm trying to do is I want to speak to your heart. I think there are people on the live stream right now that you are so starved for community because of the climate and the culture that we're in right now. You need someone to lean on. I think there are people in this room even that you are so starved for what community can provide for you that you're struggling. This is what I want, what I want to do right now. With everybody's eyes closed, just for a moment. If you are in a home group already, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, good. Good, good. All right, you guys can put your hands down. Everybody's eyes are still closed. I'm the only one looking around. If you are not in a home group, 
and you know that you need to be in one, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to judge you. We just want this opportunity. I see your hands. I see your hands. God is speaking. I see your hands. God is speaking to you that you need community. You can't do this on your own. Is there anybody else who wants to respond this morning? This is what I want to do right now. If you raised your hand to respond saying, you know what, I need community. I want to challenge you to take a step of faith right now. And I just want you to come down front. Everybody's eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. And I just want to pray for you right now that God will help you find community. If that's you, yeah, come on forward. Thank you for coming forward. Thank you for coming forward. We're just going to leave a few more minutes for people to respond. Thank you guys so much. Is there anybody else who wants to respond this morning? If you don't feel comfortable coming forward, I just want you to raise your hand again, just so I can pray for you where you're at right now. God, I pray for these people that have their hands raised, that have come down front, that are on the live stream with their hands raised right now. God, I pray that you will make it so clear for them where their community is so clear to them that they can have encounters, that they can have experiences with you and be encouraged, encouraged to move forward in their Christian walk. Thank you guys so much for responding. If you guys would just have a seat on the front row for me, please, you guys that have responded. And the rest of the church, if you guys would look at me, and let's stand on up, because I want to kind of be excited about this this morning. I want us to commit this morning, that this morning would be a time, a moment, where we would verbally and in front of our church body together, everybody take a look around, see all these people, see all these people around you? This is your root support system. And we commit to take care of the people that are in our root support system. But more than that, we commit to grow our system. There are so many people. Who knows somebody that needs a support system right now? There's a lot of, I think every person could raise their hand in this room. You know somebody who needs a support system. This morning, let's commit to being a church of home groups, not a church with home groups, okay? So this is what I want to do, all right? I want us to say this, and I, do you guys believe me this morning? Have I, have I convinced you? Okay, so we've got, I've done some convincing. So now I need you guys to get a little excited this morning because we got to convince everybody else. So say this with me one more time. Say, you will grow better when you grow together. All right, let's say that one more time. Say, you will grow better when you grow together. It's going to be so good. Are we excited this morning? Oh, that didn't sound very excited. Let's try it again. Are we excited this morning? Oh, yeah, there we go. Relationships are amazing. And when you involve Jesus, when the gospel becomes the center of the relationships that you have, it is a beautiful and powerful thing. Amen? Thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. If you're on the live stream and you responded to the altar call this morning, please, please, please reach out to us. Private message us on Facebook, call our office number, email our office, whatever it is. We want to connect with you and get you in a community. Lord, I just thank you for this amazing morning. I thank you for these amazing people, these people that have responded to needing community, but also our our support system of home group leaders and hope group attendees. God, I pray that you would continue to inspire our vision this morning. Move us forward knowing that community encourages encounters and encounters encourage growth. Amen?
Thank you guys so much for coming this morning. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning.